0: And welcome to Blue Royalty, a London is Blue podcast dedicated to the Chelsea women's team. Chelsea got their pre-season off to a winning start with a slightly chaotic 3-2 win over Roma on a beautiful summer evening at Kings Meadow. Goals from Guru Wrighton, Lauren James and Aggie Beaver-Jones gave Chelsea the win as we saw first appearances from Ashley Lawrence, Mia Fischel and Shurkanuskan. I'm joined by Abdullah to run through this first match and ask, Abdullah, are we going to win the Champions League?
1: This was the B team. If we can beat Roma with 3-2 with the B team, then, you know, we're definitely winning the Champions League here. I mean, of course, like I can't see anything past the amazing performances that we had uh, yesterday. So, yeah, cool. See you, everybody, in, in Spain in, in eight months' time.
0: Yeah, see you all in Bilbao. No, it was great to be back at King's Meadow. I've got to say, my highlight, pre my non-football highlight, was seeing Katerina Macario show up in an incredibly... Fancy Tesla, which I've got to be honest, like I know lots of the Chelsea girls are kind of baller anyway, but this felt like, Oh, like we're really in the big leagues because I just don't think anyone should be driving that car through Norbiton. But good for good for Kat Macario. And then I saw little Lucy Watson coming in just behind her in like this kind of sad white Volvo. And I was like, she Lucy Watson had the kind of car which is like the first car your parents get you, you know, when you have to start driving places. And then Kat <laughs> Macario is in this incredibly expensive one. But you know, those are the different levels uh, in our team. Um, but yeah, a great a great game, a great way to. Be back at King's Meadow. Really, really nice um, to see Big Tree, of course. Uh, and we also saw uh, a first Chelsea starting 11 of the season. So I think we should start here, Abdullah. Um, lining up in a 3 4 3. We started the first half with Musevic in goal, back three of Anique Nouwen, Maren Mielder, Kadisha Buchanan, Melly Loypots and Sophie Ingle with a double pivot with Guru Wright at left wing back, Ashley Lawrence at right wing back, Kirby and James as the tens in behind Mia Fischel. Um, this three four three wasn't that much of a surprise because Emma Hayes did a not so cryptic Instagram story where she basically posted this formation on a whiteboard. But what were your thoughts on on seeing Chelsea start preseason in a back three? Um,
1: not entirely surprising. I think even if we take out the um, the, the cryptic, not so cryptic uh, post on Instagram, I think with the with the, kind of the players that are at the club right now, with the new additions and not very many first team players actually exiting the club. You kind of had to uh, play the sort of formation, considering the centre backs that we have. The, you know, the the new full back, full backs that have come in. Obviously, Eve Parisi being on the bench was was one reason. Kind of, kind of, kind, kind of getting all the mixing up the players who were a not at the World Cup, b who came back early, and c just kind of seeing. All right, can we go back and just see how this three four three works with the squad that we have now? And once the more established players in Sam Kerr and Millie Bright etc come back you know we revert back to the four and I, I think I think preseason is going to be a mixture of formations from Emma just to see maybe what suits this new set of players because I think she would have wanted to see how um, some of the new signings would have done in, in maybe a couple of different formations.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, it'll be interesting to see if this is something we stick with. Um, I don't know if we'll get to watch any more preseason. So we might have to wait and find out what happens against Spurs in that first WSL game. Um, but there were also some sort of interesting squad absentees, which we should touch on. Aaron, Noam Cuthbert, which I assume is injury related. So hoping that's not a big deal. Um, no Katarina Svitkova, which I don't know whether it's injury related or not, but felt interesting given that we know we potentially need exits and, and no Nikki Everard either, um, which, again, could be injury related. Who knows? Could be exit related. Um, Hannah Hampton also obviously wasn't in the squad, but she has only just got back from England duty uh what what did you make is is it worth making anything of that is i mean we are kind of just hypothesizing here but that's our job like what that's why everyone listens to us to to run our mouths off so go (laughs) go and hypothesize (laughs) right for the sake of that
1: that phrase i will do it um i think erin is just injury related i mean they have been been showing a lot of gym content with the the girls at the gym and and then you know throwing the ball around on that screen that tells them the score of how hard they're hitting the the medicine ball and then they've got a lot of them lifting weights and everything so i think there's all of that content aaron Cuthbert was heavily there svitkova was there um and i think uh, Evrod was was part of the goalkeeping union that was that was training with, with with everybody but i think with svitkova it might just be exit related just Looking at the number of players that are there, I mean, okay, fine. Like, it depends. Like, Amy Claypool, Ashanti Akpan, and Saris Brown will probably go out on loan or play for the academy side for the rest of the season and then maybe make the odd appearance into the squad and maybe the odd appearance in for, like, 10, 15 minutes. Um, but I don't expect all of them to be there. I think the question mark for me comes down to possibly with the way Aggie Beaver-Jones played yesterday, and I know we'll touch on it later, but I think maybe it's it's it's... Emma Hayes looking at, okay, which one of the returning players maybe deserves to stay in the squad. And then for that to happen, we need to make space by removing one or two. Svitkova might be that make-way player just because. But at the same time, it just could be injury-related. But then again, those like Kasper and, and Svitkova have been at Chelsea for basically the whole summer. So I don't, I don't know what's happening over there. So... I think maybe it's 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 the, okay, let's see how Aggie Beaver-Jones does versus maybe in the next preseason game it's Svitkova that comes in and kind of whoever impresses maybe keeps their place at Chelsea uh, for the season. So that's probably my take from from these absences.
0: Yeah, I- interesting one to keep an eye on there, definitely. Um, let's talk about the game itself. Um, I thought Chelsea kind of started pretty well, passing the ball around nicely. Yeah. Um, but Roma scored first. It was a really, really nice goal, to be fair. Um, a a over the, the top of the, the back three to Harvey, which she hit first time. Um, really, really good finish. Nothing really that Zuchero could do about that. Maybe something that Chelsea's defence could have done about Harvey getting a free run at that ball. I think my sort of takeaway from the first half in particular, Abdullah, was that Roma absolutely killed this back three in transition. They sat quite deep. They just wanted to counter-attack. Basically, we've seen them play variations of this tactic successfully uh, in the Champions League before. Um, but what did you make of how the back three looked in that transition? Because it definitely felt like there was a lot of pressure on them.
1: Yeah, it was very chaotic. Um, it doesn't help that all three of them don't really have that much pace. And then when you have the two wingbacks who are the quicker ones, they're pushing up forward in Reiton and in Lawrence. And them tracking back, especially when you have Leupels and Ingle, who I think were a little bit static and a little bit um, uh, not, not as mobile for, for that first half. I think it was just a recipe for disaster. I just felt like there was too much of a gap. And the three at the back was just, well, the three players in the back, three were almost kind of, playing catch up in like individual man marking styles so whichever Roma defender would come in you know or sorry attacker would come in they would be isolated in a one-on-one and they would just get beaten every single time whether it was coming in off uh, into the inside going on the outside or kind of running in behind and when you have Mielda okay fine Mielda centrally I'm fine with she's not the quickest we knew that from before but she suits playing as like the central you can play her as the central center back and it's fine Nawa and Buchanan for whatever reason just I don't know what happened to them. They were just not great defending the transition. They weren't great in the one on ones. Obviously, Harvey's goal was absolutely fantastic, but to kind of show her in on the inside was was obviously a mistake. And then um, uh, and she kind of did that for a lot of that first half. And it's, I, it's, it's a slight problem because obviously we have Millie Bright to come back, but um, we have Millie Bright to come back. But it's it's a question of. What happened? Buchanan's just like slowly going backwards in terms of her, uh, the way she's playing. And obviously Canada wasn't great, but I'd have thought after a bit of rest, she'd come into preseason and she'd be a little bit fresh and raring to go. But I don't know what's happening there. So, yeah, it was, it was a bit of a concern for me how the we just could not cope with transition. And that's what we've been struggling with to some extent in, in games in the WSO. When teams hit us on the counterattack, you know, we've just not been able to deal with, with. uh with certain um certain moments I mean I I look back to the Liverpool game from from last time and uh, from last season when we lost the first game against Liverpool it it can gives me shades of that a little bit into what the chances they were creating at the time
0: yeah it definitely was interesting I think there's a couple of things when thinking about it to to break down here I think first of all like you're right to point out that the wing backs in terms of Wrighton and Lawrence were were pushed very very high up and it did leave those three center backs incredibly exposed Um, and I think you know on paper you'd look at that formation and think well Lawrence is sort of maybe the one that that drops back and and that didn't really happen but I think that's kind of understandable like she was playing her first game for Chelsea like of course you're going to take time to sort of figure out where your positioning is I think the other point is, again, you're you're right to say that I thought Potts, and Ingle were very, very passive in midfield. Like, look, if you're getting players one-on-one with your defence, those balls are coming from somewhere. The ball doesn't just, like, pop up with them uh, playing that high up the pitch. And it didn't often – sometimes they were playing long balls, um, but there were also just moments where it felt like they were able to progress the ball very, very quickly – Um, up the pitch and I thought that was something that we saw really change in the second half when we switched up that double pivot Um, but yeah I thought as a back three it was pretty bad especially for Monique Nowon and Kanisha Buchanan wasn't great either it was interesting that um Buchanan started as the central centre-back but Emma Hayes switched them around after about five minutes and then sort of Buchanan loses track of Harvey for that goal <laughs> literally like 180 seconds later or something. Um, so I thought that was like quite an interesting change to make and we did see actually later in the game Buchanan went back to playing as the central centre-back in the back three and um, once Ingle was there and Ingle played as the right-sided centre-back. So there's obviously some sort of chopping and changing going on in terms of where Hayes maybe thinks Buchanan might end up. Um, It's going to be really interesting because, look, no Jess Carter, no Millie Bright, I think both of whom are clearly going to be choices ahead of any of the five players we saw play in centre-back positions. Obviously, these three, Sophie Ingle and and Karis Brown, played there for a bit as well towards the end of the game. So to that extent, I'm like, oh, does it matter? I think why it matters is like Eniq Nauen in particular, and maybe we'll talk about this a bit bit more a bit later, just look so woefully out of place um, in this team. Buchanan, I couldn't really figure. I felt like she got better as the game went on, but I couldn't really figure out if that was just because I was so obsessed with how bad nowon was, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, it is tough because I'm like, yeah, the defense looked pretty horrible, but I'm like, will we ever see these three players play together in in an actual Chelsea game this season I sure as shit hope not um but I think it would be like quite unlikely something would have had to gone quite wrong I think to see these three playing together um we did equalize uh through Guru Reiten. um it was sort of a Lawrence cross into the box that uh, a Roma defender absolutely fumbled um Kirby passed it out to Raiden who um finished very very nicely uh the the Norwegian winger supremacy was strong at Kings Meadow last night. Um, But I want to talk a bit about the attack, Abdullah, in in this formation. What were you seeing in terms of sort of patterns of play during the game and, and how Chelsea wanted to attack?
1: Yeah, it was interesting. I quite liked um, some of the moves that Chelsea were making. I thought I thought Mia official, I think if we can just start with her. I thought her hold up play was really really good. It was it was nice to see. Uh, I was think that was the main point of difference when we are playing this 3-4-3 because usually we played it with with Sam Kerr and Bethany England in the past, who have both been kind of off the shoulder, wanting to run in behind and kind of play play in that in that sense and have the tens kind of play through balls in behind. Um, whereas this time we've really seen Mia Official Wanting to do that, but really more hold up the play, see how it goes, kind of play back to goal a little bit and kind of play in James and Kirby a little bit more to have them run in behind rather than, than me. Official do do the same thing. Um, and it was interesting to see that Gura Wrighton playing practically as a, as a left winger and, and having the option to cross it in for a big target like me. Official, She almost seems like this well-rounded striker that can kind of switch between what we need to do at the times. So if you need a hold-up player, you got a hold-up player. But if you need a target striker, you got a target striker there. And it kind of gives us a little bit of that difference over there. Um, I thought Ashley Lawrence was was good coming inside, kind of playing on the outside, kind of giving that different point of attack. And um, it's I don't want to say it, was, it she played better than Eve Perissier at right back, right wing back. But what I want to say is we now have two very good options as wing fullbacks on the right-hand side. Um For different sort of games, if you want someone a little bit more attacking, you want someone a little bit more attacking on the inside channels. I think Ashley Lawrence is going to be a great option, whether you play her at right wing back or left wing back or left back or right back. Whereas with Eve Perisay, if you want somebody who's a little bit more up and down the pitch, kind of staying out wide, kind of giving you more crosses than than you need, and 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 someone who's uh, uh, maybe a little bit more supporting in that sense, even defensively, then I think we've got a really good option in Eve Perisay, and I think. Going on to that second half very quickly for a second, Lawrence switching there looked equally as comfortable. So I think Chelsea, from a fullback perspective and the way they want to play, I think we've um, I think we we've seen some really good development over there. And then Kirby playing as the number 10, I think was just like uh, so good to see her back and and her movement and, and the way she was she was running with the ball and kind of connecting with Wrighton and Fisher and James, I thought was really, really good. And you can already tell that 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 there's such a huge difference in the way Chelsea attack. This the smoothness, the fluidity, and and that extra body in the box now is 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 going to be such a huge factor going forward. So yeah, I'm I think I was most excited to see Frank Kirby back playing in in that position.
0: Yeah, we're gonna do a official deep dive um this week. Uh, so we're gonna maybe we'll save some more official chat uh for then. I thought she looked very raw, but with positive signs um definitely a player who needs work um but yeah we can maybe talk a bit more about that later in the week I thought Frank Kirby was oh my god so good to see her back playing for Chelsea it's just amazing how much she enlivens an attack she just she's just so creative and I thought her relationship with Guru Ryton looked fantastic um just like later on in the game when Fleming came on, she looked great with Fleming. It's just like she turns everything into really good opportunities. Um, she had some good chances to score, and I felt, felt like she didn't quite have her shooting boots on uh, just yet. A um, couple of shots that, that went straight at the keeper. Um, but yeah, I mean, incredible to have her back. I really, really hope she can stay fit this season. I thought she looked a lot hencher than she has in the past, which I thought was interesting. And, you know, she's obviously spoken. We've spoken about how, you know, how for many years she hasn't had a chance at a preseason, really. Um, and I think you could really see that. I thought she she looked like one of the freshest players on the pitch really, really clearly. Um, just quickly to wrap up two, two more things from the first half. Um, we'll have to talk about the... So Roma then took the lead again uh, after about half an hour. Jacinti, um, scored and I think this is a good opportunity to maybe talk about Zachira Musovic who yeah interestingly I mean I don't know how much to read into it she Zachira played the first half AKB came on for the second half um for me this felt like a bit of a a fumble from Zuchira uh this goal but what did you make of of her first half in general obviously she's come off the back of a, of a great world cup yeah
1: I think I think there's a little bit of um rustiness there coming back off the world cup obviously a huge high of being um one of the best goalkeepers in that game against the U- U.S. Women's National Team was was massive for her in terms of those twelve saves that she made and just kind of being overall Sweden's number one. Um, I think a little bit of rustiness was there. Uh, yeah, could have done better for 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 the goal, but um, overall, I think she looks a little bit more assured in between the sticks now. I think I think she looks like that 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 a little bit more of a commanding presence. The way she kind of stands there, the way she, she she's kind of directing the defense, asking them to move around. Uh, yeah, I was also kind of confused as to why Musač started the first half. I would have assumed she would have played the second half, but no. I think overall, though, um, good for decent first half. Could be better, but I think the level that Musač is bringing to the table now is a lot higher than I think what we've seen last year. And I think the World Cup's just given her a world of confidence, and and I think now she I think maybe feels truly ready to be able to command this Chelsea back line and and not feel like she's the inexperienced one there she's gone to a world cup she's been the number one they got to a to a semi-final and she had a personally a very very good tournament you know playing in front of you know the likes of Magdalena Eriksson and Amanda Elstead uh and, and kind of directing them so and Yana Anderson so w- when you're able to do that at that country level coming back to club and playing with equally if not better players then I think uh I, th- I think they're saying to they're to be to look at that. So no, but I think overall it could be better, but decent performance Musovic in that first half.
0: Yeah, I thought she basically couldn't do anything for the first goal. Could have done better for the second goal. Made one good save before the second goal, and looked a bit nervy claiming the ball from a corner. So it felt like a pretty classic Musovic performance in that sense. I did think she looked more confident than maybe she has done in the past. Um, but I still think AKB is very very clear. Um, Chelsea did equalize before half time though. And for me, this was probably the best goal of the lot. I did really like Harvey's volley, but, um, this was fantastic from, from Lauren James picking up the ball, um, in basically around the halfway line, driving, driving through up the pitch, kind of interesting moment where sort of Fischl became this decoy run, opened up that space for James. She looked over at Fischl and thought, fuck it, I'm taking this on myself. And it was like it wasn't a lob, but it just like came down really satisfyingly under the crossbar uh, to equalize. Um, interesting to see her back so soon, Abdullah. Like there's not Hannah Hampton's back, but there's no Neve Charles um, yet, who obviously played even less minutes at the World Cup than Lauren James um, and obviously starting this game. But it just felt to me like this is a player who whose World Cup has given them a lot of confidence, even with uh, Stampgate.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm surprised. Like the two players who haven't played minutes at the World Cup, or very few minutes at World Cup, are the ones not in the squad or on in the stands. And then the you've got the other two, obviously played to the semi final. Uh, to, the, to the final in, in, in Carter and Bright, who are obviously not there. And then Lauren James, who actually played a big part, is starting a game, which I found really weird. But this entire game has been weird selection choices, so I don't even know what, what we're questioning the sport at this point. But um yeah, no, I, I thought she just picked up where she left off. I thought she was really, really good. The technique behind that goal to, to kind of place it where she did from the distance that she did was unreal. It was like one of those moments where she just picked up the ball and went... I'm just going to run through and I'm just going to make something happen. And you were almost like, well, she's going to make something happen. And I I want to point out the fact that I really like the contrasting profiles between Kirby and James playing next to each other. You've got one, both are progressive dribblers, but in such different ways. Like Kirby is a bit more direct. She'll run and then she'll let me play it out wide and kind of pass and then kind of move herself. Whereas Lauren James is just, I'm going to keep close control. I'm going to run, be deceptively Quick, where she starts off slow and then it bursts of acceleration in different places, and then just shoots on her own because she's got the technique to be able to do that. And I think having two different progressive running options uh, from a number ten position, I think, can be really useful for Chelsea in terms of when they want to break down uh, break down defenses. Because I think, I, I think, I think maybe there might be a trend now that instead of playing progressive passes and through balls, I think it's going to be all about running through. Uh, in behind and, and maybe that's why maybe Emma Hayes is testing out two tens of a, of both it's, they're both good at the same thing but in two different ways
0: yeah definitely I mean it definitely feels like a position whereby we have a lot of different options which is really exciting and also just a lot of versatile attackers in terms of um, who can play where I did think that obviously Kirby and the way she links up play um felt like it really benefited that left-hand side. And I did think maybe Lawrence slightly struggled with not necessarily, and that, that's understandable again, not necessarily having that relationship with Lauren James yet on the right-hand side. Um, and I still think James has kind of work to do on on how she links up play. But we saw with England, particularly in that game against China, that she's more than capable of doing it. Um, I think it'll be really interesting to see how her role develops at, at Chelsea. I much prefer her playing centrally. Um, we obviously saw her mainly play off the right um last year, who knows what will happen this year because, you know, I would not trust Emma Hayes that we see this three four three like that much. We might see it for the whole season, we might not. Like I just genuinely don't know. Um but it's gonna be really interesting to see how James develops because I think I think she did have a great summer, even if it didn't quite end maybe the way she she imagined it. And this goal just felt like she was showing you know, she. I just think she's really got this belief now that she, she'll just back herself and she can, she can do whatever she wants and she knows she's got that freedom within this team and I think that's really, really exciting. Um, let's take a quick ad break here and then when we come back, we'll talk about all the changes and how Chelsea looked in the second half. So a classic preseason halftime loads of changes set. So let's talk about this starting 11 for the second half. AKB came in for Zachira Mucevic. Mara Mielda went off. So Sophie Ingle went into the back line. Um, Lloyd Potts went off as well. So we had a new double pivot with Shuk and Nusken making her debut and Yelena Chankovic. Um, interestingly, playing in midfield rather than further forward. Jesse Fleming came in and played in that 10 role replacing Lauren James. And then Guru Raiton went off. So we had Ashley Lawrence moving to left wing back and Yves a right wing back. Me official stayed up front for the first sort of 20 minutes of that second half. Um, let's start with Nuskan because I think this is the player, Abdullah, who everyone was like, oh my God, we knew she was good, but... Wow, we love her. We will all die for Nuskin already.
1: <laughs> all hail okay, Nuskin! Oh no, such. I such.
0: texted my friend like I'm in a I'm in a cult. I'm in a Nuskin cult a Shukun-Niskan already. Shukun-Niskan
1: cult. You know we should just rename this podcast the Nuskin London is Blue podcast. That's it. We just we just dedicate it from now <laughs> from now. No such a good player. I mean. She, I, th- I think you mentioned it, you, you said it on Twitter last night. It's like she's been playing in this team for years, the relationships, the passing, the movement, the understanding. It's like everything was there. I guess it helps when you have a full preseason, you're there from the mm-hmm. very beginning and a lot of these players yeah. that you've been playing around with. And I think maybe the, the kankovic Nuskin double pivot was probably a deliberate thing because those two have been playing together for the last few weeks now and training and understanding each other. And I think developing that understanding was has been really, really key. I, I loved the double pivot of those two together. I think the way they played and the understanding, and, and, I, and I love the, the profile differences. I keep talking about profile differences this, this pod, but Nuskin's understanding of defensive positioning versus Kankovic's creative ability and understanding of the advanced positions was so good that you could basically tell that they're both looking at each other and going, okay, I know that when you step here, I need to step here and I'm going to step here and I'm going to do this. Okay. So when you do this, I'm going to be here. And that movement was, was absolutely fantastic. Um, her passing is unreal. So we have just another world-class passer out, out there in, in central midfield. And, um, you know, and someone who is just now a more mobile version of, of, uh, not even a version of something. Just another mobile player in midfield. Who I saw. I I was thinking about it last night, and I was like, we basically have another Lena Obidov in the making right here. We have like Lena Obidov 2.0 in the making right here at Chelsea, and, and you know, and I can I can envision that maybe in like six months when she's really settled into a first team position, that you know the way Obidov commands a midfield, and you're basically playing you, you when you have her in midfield, it's two players in one. I think Saganiskin could become that player for Chelsea because it's it's unreal how good she is and 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 her understanding of the position is is absolutely fantastic. Please, Emma, has don't play her centre back. That's all I ask. Please don't play at centre back. Just keep her there in midfield. Um, but yeah, and also, I just a quick shout out. I loved Kankovic yesterday. The defensive work that I saw from Kankovic yesterday in that forty-five minutes is more than I've seen from her all of last season, and she just looked fitter. She looked better. Um, she looked more creative, and she just—it weirdly enough, she suited this starting as the number eight role next to Nuskin. And you know, with Aaron Cuthbert to come back, it's a, it's a tough one. How, how you how you play all three?
0: Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see. Um, I think on Nuskin, it just felt like everything she did was so good. Like we saw her, obviously, sort of starting that double pivot in that more. Uh, midfield role but then by the end of the game she was playing as a 10 and I was like Emma Hayes just cannot resist creating another 10. Um, I honestly think we will n- not be seeing Nuskin in defense because I think if we were going to see her in defense like tonight would have quite last last night would have kind of been the night like we really don't have many good defenders as we discovered. Um, it felt like really pointed that she didn't play any defensive minutes in fact she only moved further forward. I think that tells you a lot about how Hayes and the team see her but I just thought everything yeah from from the defensive work from her movement from demanding the ball the confidence on the ball the willingness to get forward it like honestly what a player I'm really really excited to to see her play within this team this season and as you say it'll be really really interesting to see um how that midfield ends up being balanced because yeah I I really like Trankovic in, in that role as well um and I thought they worked really well together um and Jankovic has said before that you know she sees herself almost more of an eight than as a ten. Um, there are suddenly there are a lot of midfielders within, within this squad, and it's going to be really interesting um, to see how that sort of works out. Um, looking at some of the other changes, you sort of mentioned in in the first part that uh, when Perisic came on, you know it felt like it sort of changed how Chelsea were able to go forward. I definitely felt like it gave Ashley Lawrence a lot more of license to get forward, having that that more defensive option there. Um and I think I preferred these two as wing backs, but of course the knock on problem that has is what happens to right Wrighton then at that point. Um we did see Guru Wrighton play as a 10 for Chelsea at points last season and in the World Cup. But I think everyone agrees we'd prefer to see her on the wing, and that's kind of the issue with this formation. Um, although, again, I don't think we'll see Chelsea stick to one formation all season. Uh, but what what did you make of these two as wing backs? Oh, I really enjoyed it. I thought I thought the second half wing backs looked a lot better than the first first half,
1: and I just felt yeah. like, and we were talking about this last last on the WhatsApp group that I th- I felt like Lawrence being able to. Cut, drift inside and kind of play within that space, overloading the areas where the number 10s are, I think just suited her a lot more. It allowed Kirby as the left side of number 10 to kind of be able to have the space to go outside and kind of combine over there. And then you have Lawrence coming in, and it kind of just created a different level of. A different angle and different different uh something different for everybody to think about. It even allowed the number the number eights to kind of push up and Kankovich to push up into positions and Fleming to move and so there was just a lot of rotations on that left side, which meant that the right side was a lot more direct where Parise could just freely push up and cross when needed when the switch of play came across or if they she needed to drop back there was enough there's enough time for her to drop back and kind of help um help out the back line and kind of turn into a back four if she wants Uh, Nuskin and Kankovic to push up. So I just felt like just that movement across and Paris' understanding of how to play the right-hand side allows Lawrence to be able to do what she needs to do, whether it's coming inside or going outside. And when you have two wing backs who are are natural in their positions of the actual position itself rather than being left-footed or right-footed, you then have this better understanding from the two players of, okay, when one pushes up, I need to be here rather than go right and playing really well. And though she's been playing it for about a season, season and a half, it's very difficult against someone who's been playing that position all their life and understands the role like nobody else. So when you have two natural players, it's just a whole different story than having uh, just Guru plus the other wing back or full back on the the opposite side. But yeah, it does raise the question of where does Guru play? And you can't drop Guru because she was probably the best player at Chelsea last season. But uh, questions for Emma Hayes to answer.
0: Yeah, I think the conclusion from this game is, is that Chelsea have a lot of options. And I think at the end of the day, that's no bad thing. You know, I know sometimes people say, oh, the WSL or the women's season isn't isn't that long. But like we've seen in multiple seasons how stretched you can end up getting even with a squad as big as Chelsea's. And I think the squad's definitely taken a step forward in terms of strength this year um and I think it's needed really I think you know if you feel like you can keep players happy and keep the the competition going which Hayes has shown she can do um then why not have that bigger squad why not increase that depth why not have all of those options and again I think that says a lot about the terms of profile Chelsea recruit in terms of having players who can play in a lot of positions that makes it a lot easier um to to give players more minutes because they have that kind of versatility um Someone I want to talk about who I think showed kind of that versatility was was Aggie Beaver-Jones, who obviously scored our winner in the end, right at the end of the match. Um, She came on at 65 minutes, initially playing as a nine, and then sort of moved to to left wing back. Um, I thought she looked great in both, to be honest. I really enjoyed her at left wing back. Um, This is a player who I guess, you know, in January, in the January transfer window, it looked like maybe she was thinking about moving, but it seems right now, Abdullah, like, she's going to stay and I think to be honest she she doesn't look out of place in this squad at all
1: oh not at all I really really liked uh liked I Beaver Jones's cameo yesterday it just it, it felt like that was the performance from her that showed right I've learned everything I needed to learn on loan my Everton loan was good I played an important part over there here's everything I learned and here here I am applying it and she looked I mean if you remember that turn that she had with the, with, with the ball in, in midfield and kind of oh, that was that was exquisite. Just just that alone, I think uh, She should be staying just for, just for that skill alone. No, I thought she looked really good as a nine, really good as a left wing back, um, and 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 the winner was just her persistence of being in and around the box and wanting to get into attacking positions. I my only question is now again like we talked about having a lot of lot of options, but. There's only a certain number of players that you're gonna keep. Then, okay, if, if Aggie Beaver Jones comes in, who makes way, and then how do you then keep everybody happy, barring injuries? Yes, like we saw last season when Sam Kerr got injured, and then we had Frank Kirby not playing for a while. That in those situations, when you have a bit of a long term thing, something, Penny LaHada not being there as well, that yes, these players will come in and they'll get minutes and get everything. But considering if she's playing at left wing back as, as for a second. You still have Neve Charles to come back, who is a fullback for us. You have Ashley Lawrence now. You have Eve Parasate to play in there. You have girl Ryan to consider. So that's that's a logjam over there. Up front, you got Sam Kerr and Mia Fishel as the two number nines. Aggie Beaver Jones being third choice is another thing to worry about. So my only concern with Aggie Beaver Jones is I wanted to stand. I think she would look really good. But where is she realistically going to get the minutes is, is probably my only real question.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think this is kind of the... The problem also Chelsea have when you don't have like a Conti Cup group stage or kind of games like that, um, you know, you, you maybe don't feel like you can start to really rotate your team in the WSL until you've really got going in it. And then obviously you're playing the Champions League group stage, and okay, maybe you get two games against the the fourth the team in the fourth pot, um, where you can sort of rotate there. But it, to that extent, in in terms of it all depends basically, I think on how much you trust your players, right? Um, and I thought Aggie Jones showed, especially playing left wing back, that she she certainly could be trusted. Um, yeah, so I think it was a really good performance for her. Another person who I thought had a good game but or a good second half but probably should have scored was jesse fleming who played as the 10 i thought it was really good and exciting for her that she got as many shots as she did i thought she did really well in terms of like picking up spots around sort of the edge of the area but i do feel like she showed maybe she doesn't have that sort of killer instinct that potentially someone like frank kirby does and when it when it comes to finishing those opportunities um but Fleming is someone who I think we've spoken before about how this sort of feels like a make or break, you know, 6 month season for her at Chelsea. Um what did you make of her?
1: Yeah, I was impressed. I think I think uh first game back coming in playing as the 10, I thought she was lively. I thought she was uh she was good on the ball. I thought I thought she was she was asking for the ball really really well, playing between the lines. Um I thought her um her understanding between everybody was good and I, I thought she was getting into some dangerous positions playing as a 10 almost um I think it suits her playing maybe, it, weirdly enough, maybe it's the double 10 position that suits her, right? Rather than playing as a, as a lone number 10, playing next to somebody who she can almost play, almost two players that she can play off of without having the extra responsibility as playing as an eight, having to push up and then playing with whoever's in front. Whereas here, she knows she's got the double pivot behind her and then she's got one next to her and one in front of her to kind of play in and around it. Almost weirdly a free roll, which I think was... Um, which was good. And I think I think that free roll suits her to kind of allow her to be whether this progressive passer, progressive dribbler, uh, and to be able to to, to 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 press off the ball or kind of run into the box. So um, Fleming as a free 10, I think was really, really good. Um, and yeah, I think she needs, I mean, if she can play this role consistently for the next six to eight months, I don't see how she gets dropped. So yeah, you, you can say that for a lot of players, but I think Fleming's got so much potential that if she can keep doing this and add in, five, 10 goals in the season playing in this position, then I, I see her staying around and just doing really, really well.
0: Yeah. Once again, it, it all feels like it's going to be about almost the, the performances we don't see, you know, how players train and things like that in terms of who gets the opportunity to start these games because there are just so many players who, who have the ability and um, the sort of skill set to be able to play in that kind of role. Uh, let's just finish off from this game talking about some of the academy players uh we saw minutes for keris brown shanti akban and amy claypole any standout moments for you from from those three i think you know players who who we're expecting to see maybe go out on loan at this point of the season um but still a great opportunity for them to play with the first team who they've obviously been training with all summer
1: yeah yeah exactly i think um I think everybody that did come on and, and, and play it, I think was were really really good. Um, I, th- I think I think you know for for, for me, I thought you know Sarahs Brown playing at that in that uh, wing back position was was actually quite. I think she was the standout player in in uh, of the three, um, playing some really good moments and, and to some extent almost felt like she was part of the um, part of the setup for a while and looked really really assured in that in that position. Um, Ashanti Akpan decently decently comfortable on the ball really neat and clean you know had a good moments and Amy Claypool came in and had a few uh, first team minutes as well so um, I, I think I think they did they did their chances no harm and, and and just kind of maybe picked up some good minutes to kind of play in and around and show their development but uh, if I had to pick any of the three I thought Sarah Brown I think probably had the best um, uh, best cameo of, uh, of the three.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. She she got the most minutes as well, which helped, right? But um, yeah, she played some minutes left wing back and then a left side center back. I thought she looked tidy. Um, I would have liked her to sort of like be a bit more demanding with the ball. There were a couple of moments where it felt like um, you know, there were opportunities for her to get on the ball, and she was sort of like showing that she was free, but she wasn't like being like give me the ball. Um, which is fine. Like, she's a kid. Um, you know, I understand why. You, you're not necessarily ready to do that. Um, but I think that's what I'd have liked to see more of. But yeah, I thought everything she did, she did really, really well. So um, yeah, it be interesting to see how all three of those develop this season. Let's take another quick ad break here and then we'll finish off this episode with talking about some of our big grand conclusions for the season that we're taking from this one pre-season match. So I want to start off here with some of your big grand conclusions from the season, which I'm sorry I've just decided are your big grand conclusions from the season because I didn't tell anyone that I was going to do this. But I I just saw some, some fun hot takes, some fun tweets. So let's have a chat about those. Um, one from great friend of the pod Harry Edwards saying I'm not just basing it off yesterday, but I don't think Anique Noun has a future in the Chelsea defense. Her passing is great and she's a tidy player, but her defending is what lets her down, which is strange because I thought she was really good defensively in her first season. Abdullah, what what do you make of, of this? I've got to say um, I'm with Harry on this one.
1: Yeah, I agree as well. I think, I just think there's been a regression. I think she's just become worse as the seasons have gone on. Like her first season, first half season was really good. When she came through from PSV, I thought, wow, this is a good player. You know, someone who's really good and really intelligent, knows how to cover. You know, there there, there is potential here to become a long term Chelsea defender. And if you looked at where Jess Carter was and where Anik now was when Anik arrived in, in the first few months, you were like, you would have probably bet that Anik would have probably been ahead of the pecking order and kind of maybe developed more quicker and done better at the time. But it's like every time she's come back into this team, she's just not played as well. So I don't know what it is. Like yesterday, she kept trying to drive out, touch the ball, try and take a turn back, but then get dispossessed and kind of would, would go no nowhere with it, which to me just felt very, very... Um, she looked very confused. And, and, and I think, yeah, I think this could probably be the, uh, the end of Anik at Chelsea. And, and, you know, it sucks, but it is what it is.
0: Yeah, personally, she's not for me. And I think I've seen enough to say that she's not for Chelsea. I think we have... I don't think we're stacked with, like, talented centre-backs, but I think there are more talented centre-backs around and on the market than Enika Nowen. Like, unfortunately, she's not a kid anymore. Um, And it just doesn't... It doesn't look right. And I don't really know what it is she does well because she doesn't really defend well 1v1. I think her passing's fine. I think Harry's generous to say that her passing is great. I think on lots of occasions, it looked like she had no idea where or what she wanted to pass. My favorite moment was there was a point where Roma started attacking yesterday and Anik had like stepped forward because in the second half, Anik and Kadisha both started stepping forward out defense more, I guess, because having Perisay offered a bit more of that cover, which I kind of liked. And I actually thought suited Buchanan in particular. Um, But Anik had obviously stepped forward and then the ball had turned over and Frank Kirby just like ran into her because Fran was like trying to track back and Anik hadn't even like seemed to figure out that she needed to turn around and start running. And I was just like, you can't have one of your attackers running into you, the central defender, who's got stuck higher up the pitch. That's just not the one for me. Um, All right, let's move on to a more positive one i guess which is from james lewis saying aggie beaver jones is ready i know we've just sort of touched on this um abdullah but i think i think this is this is going to be a really interesting season for her and you know i i think it was quite clear that if she i think it was clear that alone another lone move wasn't really the right option for her i think it was like either she stays or she goes sort of permanently um but yeah, do you feel like I guess building on what we've already talked about that that this is someone who can sort of play regularly for Chelsea this season?
1: Yeah, I mean the man has spoken. Iggy Beva Jones is ready, so um, yeah, I think so too. I, I think I think there is a world now in this season where, like you said, it's either she has to go permanently or she she has to stay, and I'd be inclined to letting her stay and and in a weird way, just letting her figure, uh, just let Emma Hayes just figuring it out as she goes along as to where she fits into the side because I would want to see a full season of Aggie Beaver Jones at Chelsea and especially when you have later Conti Cup games, the FA Cup games, uh, like you said, you got a couple of the Champions League games to come in and, you know, whenever she has those those opportunities to kind of play 90-90 minutes there and you can base off that in the first six months, you can probably see how she is doing in January and if you, if you think there is potential, then, um, you know, it, it, it may have a knock-on effect on um, on certain players' future. So uh, I think if Agui Jones stays, I can see Katerina Svitkova leaving, right? And then, obviously, Makario's recovery isn't going to be very, very fast. Yes, she's, she, she's on the verge of coming back, but that slow integration to the team will take a little bit of time. I don't see Makario really hitting full stride until at least November. So you may need an Aggie Beaver Jones to be in there. And and just to kind of maybe, I mean, I'm looking at the list that we've got here. Could this potentially have an impact on Johanna Ritz and Kanneritz future at Chelsea as well if, if Aggie Beaver Jones is around? Because, you know, if you, if you want to make space for a proper first team place for Aggie Beaver Jones and and, and and there's a belief in her, then maybe Johanna Ritz and Kanneritz, if she doesn't do well, is is the one to make way as well in terms of that proper first team spot there. So I think there are question marks there, which uh, which will which will come up soon. But yeah, I just keep her around and see what happens.
0: Yeah, I I feel like, I mean, who knows? But it, it seems at the moment like she's going to stay and I'm excited for her. I think, I think she can have a really good season. Uh, Abdullah, let's come to you now. What is your grand conclusion for the season from this match?
1: I think, uh, I'm just going to go wild and I'm going to say Kankovic ends up being Chelsea's number one midfielder, whether it's a 10 or an 8, and she gets the highest number of assists for Chelsea this season.
0: Wow! Okay, I like that. That's a good grand conclusion. Um, my grand conclusion is Shurka wins Chelsea's Player of the Year award at the end of the season. Yeah,
1: I like that. I like that. So both central midfielders are going to do something.
0: Yeah, I don't know how out that, that is as a, as a choice. But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what I'm going with. All right. Um, okay, that pretty much wraps up the Roma chat. A um, couple of other things let's just quickly talk about. Uh, people might have seen that Micah Hamano was back at King's Meadow yesterday. Um, Hammerby's sporting director has confirmed that basically Chelsea have called her back. Sounds like she's... Doing some more rehab on that shoulder injury. The Swedish season ends in November, so I don't it seems unlikely that she, if she gets back there, she'll she'll get that that much time. Which is a shame from her. She had a, a really fantastic first half of the season there. But definitely want to keep an eye on in terms of, you know, maybe where she goes next on loan, whether she comes into the squad. Um, if she's coming into the squad in January, there's gonna have to be a bit clear out in January, that's for sure. Um, another bit of news is that. Academy midfielder Lexi Potter has signed a contract with the club till 2026. So quite a big, chunky contract. Uh, Chelsea advertising this as the first female player in the country to sign a professional contract at the age of 17. Not entirely sure how this works because I thought that wasn't allowed. Um, also equally, Manchester United did sign a 17 year old this summer, but um, she's Scottish. So I guess maybe that's why that they're count- counting it as being separate. Regardless, it doesn't really matter. It's sort of a random boast. Um, uh, because I'm, it's not like Lexi Poster is significantly more talented than any other 17-year-old ever. Um, but she is very talented, and she's going to Crystal Palace on loan for the 23-24 season. Um, really exciting player. She she captained the England under-17s at the Euros in the summer. Was that this summer? I don't know, whenever that was. It feels like a very, very long time ago at, at this point. But another one for the Lone Army. Um, taking our loanies up to eight. And I would assume still more to come because surely a goalkeeper has to go. Um, All right, Abdullah, we will be back this week. We're going to do some big me official chats. Um, So looking forward to that one. Up next for Chelsea, they're off to Portugal on a pre-season tour. I think everything else from here is going to be behind closed doors. So we won't get to watch the gals again until they open the WSL season against Spurs at the bridge. On the 1st of October, which feels like a very, very long way still. It feels weird to watch the Chelsea game and now be like, we're probably not going to watch Chelsea again for another month. But I'm sure time will fly. We will have plenty of content for you throughout the month. Um, We are going to agonise over every aspect of this season in a predictive sense. Um, But yes, uh, we will be back this week at least to talk about me official. Until then, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.